Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We got bigger concerns than poop phones, Rami. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Welcome in. Mackie and Judd with Rami here. Score North and the Score North app. And also video streaming, as always, as of earlier this month. As on always. Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> and Twitch. As always, since earlier this month. <laughs> exactly, yeah. As always, for like four days. <laughs> and if you are watching on the video stream, you'll see that I found... That's a nice shirt. The greatest yeah. shirt of all time That's here. A nice shirt. My governor can beat up your governor. Jesse Ventura campaign shirt from 1998. And I'm going to be hanging this in the uh, Score North studio thank, of memorabilia here. Thank, Are we hanging from the rafters? Yes. Thank God those days of gimmick politicians are done. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to talk politics, 651-646-8. No more gimmick politicians. They're over. So, gentlemen, uh, we've got a lot to get to on the show today, including a scoop session with our friend Doogie at 5 o'clock. Uh, the column of the day, Vikings-related, on scorenorth.com from our friend Matthew Collar is five potential options for the Vikings as it pertains to Anthony Harris, they franchise tagged him. What are some things they can do now? There's all kinds of different options, and Collar chose five of them. We'll dive into some of those. A cram session today on this Tuesday, but let's start out with, I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off right away here. Two pieces of buzzkill news that came out today in other countries that we can look at and and start to map out sports calendars and when we might see teams back on playing surfaces of some kind and you can probably kick those dates down the road even further because Toronto, as of today, has shut down all public events until June 30th. That would mean hockey as well. So Toronto, one of the biggest cities in North America, and they are shutting down all public events until June 30th. And the NBA. And the NBA. The reigning NBA champions play there. Yeah. Because I and, and and I was thinking hockey with Toronto because the other the other update is specific to basketball, which is that the Chinese Pro Basketball League and now China, you know who, who knows if we're getting one hundred percent accurate coronavirus information, but China was about two months ahead of the United States in terms of their peak and their curve, and the Chinese Pro Basketball League has just delayed the restart of its season again for the second time. Uh, and they they initially suspended the season back in January, so that'll mean it'll be at least four months from the original suspension of the season to and, a possible restart. In and China. here's here's the crazy thing about that is that, and some might make this same accusation about some people in this country, but 
the Chinese government uh, is pretty well known for not caring about its people. So they they were going to bring basketball back probably probably before it was even safe to do so. And there's for, and there's no players association according exactly, to Brian exactly. Windhorst. There's no players association. There's no checks and balances on the government who controls everything. They tried to bring basketball back once before, guys. This is the second time it was delayed. And do you remember when the the statement that they put out and and why they did it and saying that the situation was and this is a quote basically stable as it relates to the coronavirus and COVID-19 and said that they were doing this for the hearts and spirits of the Chinese people who needed basketball back in their lives, they're, I don't think they're even taking the most careful route. And it's going to be at least four months that they don't play any professional basketball in that country. So imagine if we are being more cautious and more careful and actually thinking in the best interests of the people who are playing, all the essential personnel who need to be there, and what it means as far as flattening the curve and stopping the spread and and all and and the impact the ripple effect of if they were to play games like if we're being safer than China over here and god I hope we are and worrying about the things that actually matter if we're being safer here and it's at least 4 months for them it's the end of the NBA season man i hate to say oh, it's it done. it's done it's done and the NHL season hockey's done basketball's done baseball is going to if they can play going to have to come up with a gimmick which, again, might not be the worst thing for baseball. I'll take it. The earliest baseball can play, in my opinion, is probably the All-Star game. The earliest. The one thing where I think, Phil, in Write That Down last week, hit on what we are going to see. And by the way, I think college football is in big trouble. I think college football might be done, too. The one thing, Phil, that you brought up that I think is a real possibility is studio football. It can be done. And by that point, if we're being safe and yet trying to get back to anything Normal, studio football, no fans, test the players. It's the one thing, and it might be pushing it, but it's the one thing that from a business standpoint of a billion dollars being at risk makes some damn sense. You know, this is this is, this is going to sound kind of crazy because it is it is a, a weird comparison, but I'm a huge wrestling nerd. You guys all know that. We are now doing WrestleMania Rewind every Monday on Score North Live, Rami. That's right. And you can go and listen back to yesterday's WrestleMania Rewind where we broke down WrestleMania <laughs> 2 at scorenorth.com, that totally free Score North app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, when the WWE and AEW on Wednesday nights, when the two top professional wrestling organizations announced, we're going to keep doing our live weekly shows, we're going to mix in some, like, like they've been definitely running... For the three-hour Monday Night Raw, they've been running old WrestleMania matches and stuff, but they're doing shows in empty arenas. And at first, I thought that is there's no way. Like, how are you, the fans play such a part in wrestling in sports? How would you how would you even do it? Like, you can't produce it the same way. And much to WWE's credit, and we'll see just how good they are at producing something totally different when they try to run WrestleMania two nights in front of no crowd this weekend. Which Why is going to be? Why did he make it two nights? I think probably just to take advantage of people it's not having void? anything to just watch, filling the void. It's a six-hour show usually. It's so done, what? right? I mm-hmm. I heard that they've taped it. It's done, and they taped yeah. like two oh, or really? three yep. things, yeah, things so nobody Orlando, knows. Orlando actually shut down basically any live events happening there. So they can't do any of these shows anymore. Okay. Afterwards, so, so they t- so, so as, WrestleMania is already taped yeah, as of last Friday. But they tape WrestleMania like, was taped. Could they pre-tape the NFL season? Two endings. <laughs> <laughs> but they can do. But they could do this. Like you could play right. football games with 
with announcers in the booth, that's it, with teams on the sideline, right? Players, coaches, and that's it. You could do this but and, and like by I, then. And, no, and but just, you need you realize that between the, the, the players, the coaching staff, training, medical personnel, and all the people that are involved in making a broadcast happen, you need about three hundred people at every football game. You need three hundred people to put on a football game. And and imagine the sp- the the potential for spread among three hundred people unless we're just quarantining everybody involved in the NFL in any way, shape, or form in one location where everybody has been tested. That's it's. I just Actually, if this thing isn't figured out by the time football season starts, you can forget. Any type of football. Studio football. I know that Mike Florio wants to build football fields out in the middle of the desert and build places for these people. Like, the, any idea of football happening without us stopping the spread or flattening the curve is ludicrous because that's the sport where you need more people than any other sport to put on the game, even without people in the stands. But what, what I'm saying is if the spread is stopped, you still might not be comfortable with fans in the stands. And plus, th- think of how, how much more technology-wise, and it's not the greatest, but think of how we are adapting now. So if you do football and you don't have, and, and let's say the crews are back in studio. Let's say they're not at the games. Like, there's ideas. There, there are bare bones, things we aren't used to, might not be as convenient, and the technology wouldn't be as good, where by that point in time, if the curve is flattened but we're still scared, you could say, screw it. By the way, real quick, Jonathan just found this on Twitter. This just came across. There was a clarification on the Toronto front, which is very important. The Toronto's ban is exclusively for city-led events, and it does not affect the NHL and the NBA from returning. City executive of the mayor's office told one publication via email when asked if this affects pro sports, no, the mayor was speaking city-permitted events like parades and festivals. Oh, so, so it is, but I mean, like, yeah, can call, we just be done with parades? Call those off. Yeah, parades and festivals, done forever. Remember when PJ Fleck was on this show talking about how there's probably going to be a new norm, but who says the new norm can't be better when we come out of all this? If parades are a thing of the past, the new norm was already better, you guys. What do you have against people throwing Tootsie Rolls? Just hate you? parades. I'll take the free Tootsie Rolls. And everything By the way, about them. State Fair, I don't think we're having the State Fair in 2020 to you boys. I mean, the State Fair is the last week in August, early September. But, I mean, that is a factory of jerks. Yeah. Well, so here, just back to the football thing, because this is where I think State Fair and football studio football are vastly different. I mean, number one, just the sheer amount of people, obviously. But right. even to Rami's point that, all right, you need 50-plus guys on rosters. You can't, you can't just say, all right, we're going to... We're going to pick the 25 guys. No, like you need 50 guys to play a football game because offense, defense, backups, injuries, et cetera. You need a certain amount of coaches. I mean, you might be able to kick out some of the positional guys, but like you're, you're only kicking out five or 10% of the people. So you really, you do need at least a couple hundred people in terms of TV, production, all the different things that go into it. Okay. But even with two or 300 people, if we get, and, and, and I'm not a medical expert, nor did I stay at a Holiday Express last night, but there are medical experts that are saying, if we can slow it right now, right. if we can, if we can get over the initial hump, yes, there's likely to be a resurgence of coronavirus in the fall, but by then, we will have much more adequate testing protocol. 
in theory, you'd be able to put those 200 people in an empty stadium, have them all be tested, temperatures taken, everything when they walk in, and then deny anyone, just like you see in South Korea. But you can't do, but I, I think the key here is, if the curve is flattened, but there's still going to be concern, almost certainly, what you can't do is 50,000 people. Correct. You, I, so you just can't no have fans. You can have fans. But, I'm, but by then, I don't care anymore. Like, if they tell me, you can't go... I'll be like, I'll and, watch on TV. And that's why the state fair is a, is a totally different animal, because are you literally going to, like, like everyone who walks through the yeah, gate, no. you're gonna, they park, they walk over, are you, you know, you're going to, the logistics of that just seem impossible. But if you can control two or 300 people as they walk in to do their TV job or to do their football job or whatever it is that they're doing around the stadium, I think, I think that's more manageable, Rami. I don't know, man. It seems like, it seems like a lot, because if one person out of those 300 that we're talking about has it, they go in and they have contact with countless other people within that 300, and then they all go back out into the real world. I mean, this is why this is why Jay Williams is coming up with crazy ideas like putting the whole NBA on two cruise ships because one person can be infected and start to spread that thing through a small group of people. They go out and spread it through a small group of people. Those people go out and spread it through a small group of people, and this thing just grows exponentially. Let's say you can test everybody involved with this thing. You're going to have to keep them all isolated and in one place basically the entire season. Unless unless we've completely wrapped our arms around this thing and we think it's it's done and it's a thing of the past and we don't have to worry about it. The prospect of 300 people, especially with as many people as they're saying could be walking around with it asymptomatic, not showing any signs that they're carrying this virus. They're like a secret weapon walking around, man. And I, the, the prospect of getting 300 people together just seems, at this point, to me, kind of highly unlikely. I hate well, to say it. Let's say we did find... That's why a- we all need to stay the hell home so we can have football, all right? If, if people dying isn't enough for you, do you want football back? Stay home. I love how it's apparently hard for us as a society to just... Listen, we're not asking for much. Just be so... Super bleeping lazy for yeah. like two months. People don't listen. But, but let's say we do get to a point where we can play studio football. Mm-hmm. I like where Rami's going on this front too, where, hey, we might emerge as a society and we might be able to get rid of certain things like handshakes, parades, and the other thing we might be able to get rid of. Phones and bathrooms? No, those oh, are staying. No. Sorry, are you man. kidding? Those are staying. I'm not backing off that. I might wipe it down once in a Still while. Going but, in with me. Yep. But sideline interviews with coaches, because unless you want to do it, <laughs> unless you want to do it with like a six foot microphone pole, hey, can you imagine? Might. Can you imagine like Aaron Andrews and Michelle Tafoya trying to chase down Bill Belichick with like a six foot microphone You're pole? You're busting out Bill. the old game show mic now. <laughs> oh the, yeah, the Bob Barker. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that'd be fan- the, the match that'd game. That'd be great. Good call, Jonathan. Bill Belichick was so upset at halftime that he bleeped the team. Let's go to Fairyland. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, so that's the news that came out today about the Chinese Pro Basketball League. And the Toronto news sounds like it's not as bad as, as originally thought with the update that came out. But the other thing with the NFL, and, and to this point, they have pushed ahead with free agency, which was great. We thank them for that. I think now in retrospect, everyone looks at that and says, all right, that wasn't so bad. Awesome. Give us something to do. There was no danger. No, yep. They moved on to Great. being pissed off that the draft is going on as scheduled. And the draft, as of right now, is going to happen in like four weeks from now. And the other thing that the NFL has said, the draft is going to happen. As of right now, we're planning for the season to happen. You know, the, the entire schedule. And not only that, we're adding to the season. This season, there will be 14 playoff teams 
as of a memo that came out this afternoon, that's been speculated on and agreed upon, but but the actual memo came out today that we will have for this upcoming year's playoffs an expanded bracket from 12 to 14, and that means only one buy team from each conference. So instead of right. the top two seeds getting buys, yep. the number one seed gets a buy, and then the three division winners, the three other division winners, and the three wildcard teams will all play each other on wildcard weekend. So wildcard weekend has always been awesome. It just got even better Assuming that we, you know, make it that far with coronavirus, but your thoughts officially on a fourteen-team playoff in the NFL now, boys? The pressure's on now, right? If Zim doesn't make the playoffs now, he's gone for sure. Uh, I mean, eight and eight should get you solidly. In well, I, think that, I think that does. The, I think that's my first thought. I think this does that for a lot of coaches. I think this is going to cost some coaches good. jobs because it just became easier for you to get to the playoffs. I am a bigger fan of this than I am the addition of a seventeenth and eventually eighteenth game, which I absolutely hate. This is fine. It, it'll be fun. Um, it doesn't. I, I don't see a downside to. More playoff teams. I, I think the fact that, as we just talked about, it's going to add pressure makes it more fun. Now, the week, the weeks that they're going to add, and they will add an 18th game. I, I think we're already uh, headed towards the 17th game for sure in a couple of years, and the 18th game is going to be a matter of time. I think is absolutely positively too much. The playoffs, though, the playoffs are fun, and this is fine. And the thing about this league now is there's a lot of just sort of dreadful, not great teams. So you know what? You throw more teams in the playoffs now. It's not It's not like the final wild card in 2019 was this line that you drew and you said, well, that was a special team. But if they had another team, it's going to be bad. Right. You got a lot of average to bad teams. So if it becomes more chaos, chaos in sports is fun. I'm fine with it. Rami? The only thing that kind of concerns me is the prospect of like an 8-8 eight and eight football team who gets hot at the right time. And makes it to the Super Bowl. Like who was who was an eight and eight football team last year that just didn't that just didn't impress you? Let's let's take let's take my Chicago Bears who finished the season at seven and nine. No, they were eight and eight. Did they? Okay, they did finish eight and eight. Let's say the Bears sneak into the playoffs at eight and eight with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. Can you imagine the Super Bowl promo? Let's say Mitchell Trubisky is going. Let's say let's say the Titans finish that run and make it to the Super Bowl last year. And, and this is how we're getting ready for Super Coming up this Sunday, the biggest sports game in the whole world. Mitchell Trubisky and the Chicago Bears take on Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. A showdown of 8-8 eight and eight football teams. I, I, I'm here for it, by the way. I, I'm watching all three hours, man. Fire it up again. <laughs> The NFL has been parading crap out all season. And on Sunday, crap meets crap because one of these crappy teams has to advance. The coach might be fired, but it's going to be great fun because there'll be so much more football. Who's the better mediocre football team? We'll find out. Did you know Mitchell Trubisky's still playing? You'll see him on Sunday. You're right, Rami. (laughs) That scares me a little bit, but I got to admit that the prospect of nine hours on January twentieth, the nine hours on January twenty first, the playoff football. Oh man, that that gives me the goosebumps, guys. I'm already I mean, I'm already planning the meals. The uh, the AFC eight and eight team on the fringe last year, the team that would have gotten in, the Pittsburgh Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger. Might have sounded <laughs> Do you something like this. <laughs> Tonight on NBC, it's the New England Patriots. 
And in the meantime, Rami's mic is not working again. Oh, he fixed it. It worked throughout the entire show today on Score North Live. Weekdays, noon to two. I think you're being sabotaged. You're breaking up. You're breaking up, Steve Austin. It's a six million dollar man. Can I just work from home? <laughs> Got those new mics. Why not? Uh, no. <laughs> you know what? I am. I mean, what's the difference? No, I'm not even in the room. With you, you do not want to do that. I am such a fan of getting up and having a place to go. Still. I feel for people that have to stay at home all day long, and I don't have kids. I had a moment today. This was like, I've had a few different, probably three or four moments in the last two or three weeks of people self-quarantining and people just like, people looking at each other like they're aliens, but I had a new one today. So I live in an apartment complex with, I don't know, several floors, whatever. Sure. And so I get in the elevator to go down to my car to come to the office today. And so I'm standing in there. It's a pretty It's like a service elevator size. It's not a small elevator. I mean, there's definitely like eight feet of distance between the back of the elevator and the front of the elevator. And uh, and so I'm, I'm in the elevator and it stops on the second floor and the door opens for somebody else to get in. Uh-huh. And she sees that someone else is standing in the elevator. She get in. She looks up, makes brief eye contact, and then just looks back down at her phone as if like the elevator door never opened in the yes! first place. And lets it shut. Yeah. And I went down to my car, to the garage, all by myself. So she literally saw, and it's it's a huge service elevator. Coronavirus paying off a little bit for she you, She saw huh? me in the elevator and didn't want to get on the elevator with any other human being, or maybe you it was just me. You know what occurred to me? That's a great story, because it, it occurred to me for the first time in my 50 years on Earth, I now look at unattractive and attractive people the same way. <laughs> Like, I've never before seen a good-looking woman in my life and thought, oh, I'm going to stay away. Get away from her. She looks like she... I've never I've never gone through this. In 50 years, I now look at... You could be George Clooney, you could be the most beautiful actress, or you could weigh 425, and I'm looking at you the same way. But you know what? We don't... Like, I understand... We should be keeping our distance. We don't have to... We don't have to look at each other like everyone is trying to murder you. Like that that's the vibe that I get when I look into people's faces. Like I, like I'm trying to harm them and I and they give each other the same look. It's not unique to me. I'd get it. I see my face if this was just happening to me, but everybody is walking around looking they have this look on their face like someone is trying to harm them. You can keep your distance but still have a smile on your face and a pleasant demeanor about Dude, no. you and say good morning. I think I think we're going to get to that point at some point, but people are just so psyched out and they don't know what to do that they just treat literally everyone like you're holding a box of anthrax or something. So, <laughs> yeah. so a week and a half ago, a week and a half ago, my wife and I go to the pet store to go pick up some food for uh, for little Tommy, okay? Mm-hmm. And we see we see two of our best friend like one of our best friend couples walking into the pet store. Because they live in the same general area. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. We've been quarantined all weekend. Like, we see two of our friends. We roll down the window and like, hey, you know, and they and they kind of <laughs> they kind of give the wave. So we go into the pet store thinking, oh, they'll probably just be waiting on the inside for us. We get in the pet store. They're nowhere to be found. So immediately, like, they're not comfortable greeting us at the door, which is understandable. Yeah. So we walk down one of the aisles and we run into them. And it was like the scene from The Departed where everyone is standing, like, six feet apart with guns up. Like, whoa, 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 stay back. Stay back. Everybody, everybody keep cool. And we literally had, like, a ten-minute conversation. Just you know who I am. Six feet you know apart. who I am. I'm Phil Mackey. <laughs> I don't like, care. I'm taking him in. 
<laughs> we sat and had a conversation in the middle of the cat litter aisle or wherever the hell we were. Totally uncomfortable. Six feet away. And like at one point, one of them, I don't want to get super personal, but one of them expressed like a hardship in the family that popped up the day before. And like an instance where you'd totally go and like give someone a hug. And we're just like, oh, like that sucks. I'm so sorry to hear that. (laughs) That's terrible. Oh, bad. Bye. But you know what? There are people on the opposite end of the spectrum who aren't being nearly careful enough. I was, uh, so every Saturday, weather permitting, I walk my dog around a lake by my house. It's like a nice, four-mile walk. It was beautiful weather. People, there are new rules and new laws on walking paths, okay? First of all, there shouldn't be more than two of you walking together. That's that's a, that's a real thing that scientists and doctors are telling us. There shouldn't be more than two of you. But if you insist on more than two of you, when somebody else is walking the opposite way on the walking path, you fall into single file and stay on opposite ends of the walking path and keep six to ten feet between me and you. This was a very hard concept for people who are still out here walking in groups. And there was one group of three people who were jogging together shoulder to shoulder. You're terrible in any time, much less a pandemic. Please go away from the rest of society. And then there was one guy, and I'm just going to say, yes, I'm profiling. This guy looked like the type who would believe and have you believe that this is all a hoax and we're all overreacting and had a very defiant, like kind of angry look on his face who was walking alone straight down the middle of the walking path, almost to make a point. And, dude, if I wasn't sure you were walking around with coronavirus, I would have punched you right in the middle of your face. (laughs) I'm glad you didn't do that. Defiant guy, man. By the way, uh, Governor Tim Walls made a point today to call out the number of people that are congregating in bigger groups by lakes right now. Because the weather is nice, right? It's 50 degrees. Why do they think that's Well, you're outside, and you can breathe the fresh air, and like, yeah, but you're sweating on each other. You know the the worst right now, I think, the worst single group, basketball guy. Because I guess basketball guy <laughs> thinks if I'm playing ball, can't get Corona. So, so like they're playing basketball. Yeah, ask Rudy and Go like, Bear how that works. Yeah, out. exactly. But like basketball guy is still you know hand checking, touching and, everyone's recorders, and, and yeah, and trying to trying to muscle people up. It's like basketball guy. What are Wait, you doing? People are still playing basketball. I don't, yes. know, I don't know if you can. And Collar, I think Collar said he did go out and shoot around by himself. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't. I've heard I'm, reports of basketball guy. I'm genuinely saying I don't even know if that's okay. Because let's say somebody has Corona, right? It gets on their hands. They go with their basketball to the playground. They're shooting around. Corona gets on the rim. Backboard. Now, you, now you, on the backboard. Now you go out with your own basketball. And even though you're not playing with anybody else, you're not touching their basketball. <laughs> you're shooting off that same rim, that same I backboard. Mean... <laughs> now your ball has Corona on it. Now you got Corona. Kyler would tell you that he's not touching rim on his shots. <laughs> could be on the no, net. Nothing too. but net. That, could be on the net too. All right? That description Rami just gave sounded like so much more than basketball. <laughs> Ball, rim, just keep going down. The- that, by the way, is also not safe in the coronavirus period, okay? Just be careful it's out there. Not. I'm scared of people. Your promiscuous activities. I'm staying away from everybody. I got to think, if you're Tinder right now, you are in trouble, right? I mean, is anyone is anyone swiping right and, and connecting with strangers? I mean, can you date at all now? Like, to me, it would seem... Own, there's probably a lot of lonely people. You know? I know, but I mean, that'd be I mean, a really bad idea, wouldn't I it? I guess you could make an agreement to just quarantine and chill together for two weeks and see where it goes from there. <laughs> That's probably happening, right? There's I would imagine. probably people saying, listen, I'm lonely, you're Can't lonely. Can't you put it on hold? 
for a couple for like a couple months? Can't you put the whole thing on hold and just be like, okay, yeah, this is or put work it out? in a hold? No, no, that's not it. No, I was trying to be serious. Have that's, a very intellectual conversation about the dating habits it. of America. Now, as an old that's guy, it's been a long distance relationship. What do you want? That's the uh, that's the end of the segment oh, right there. Oh, I know what Romney's doing. Yeah. That's the that's the segment yeah, ending yeah, right there. Yeah, I know what Rami's Mackie doing. and Joe with Rami here on Score North <laughs> and the Score North app. And when we come back, well, later on we'll Just talk don't to tweet Doogie. It by accident, dude. Dude, we'll get a scoop all. session at five o'clock, and uh, we'll do a cram session at five thirty. And five potential options for the Vikings when it comes to Anthony Harris. When we come back here, Mackie and Joe with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. <laughs> You think you and your Hall of Fame quarterback buddy like football? Well, John Gruden and Brett Favre don't just like football. They f***ing love it. But wouldn't it be fair for me to say I could have another 150 quarterbacks come through here. I might not ever find a guy with the combination of mental toughness and physical toughness of a Favre. Isn't that what, at the end of the day... you know, I, 297 like straight think, starts. Yeah, I'd like to think so, and I'm proud of that. I'm, I'm proud of the things that I've accomplished. Are there more polished quarterbacks? Absolutely. <laughs> um, are, are there, you know, if I was starting a team, who would I start it with? If I wanted someone who just is bound and determined to win at no cost, yeah, I start with me. Jonathan here with the Score North download. A little note about a deal we have right now over at scorenorth.com. Hold your wedding for 125 people in the Grand Atrium at the Double Tree in downtown St. Paul for as little as $4,500. This $15,000 package includes full room setup and teardown for ceremony, dinner, and dance along with an on-site catering team to service the meal and assist the wedding party all day. For complete details and to place your bid on this once-in-a-lifetime discount, visit scorenorth.com keyword Wedding Also over at scorenorth.com right now, Judd Zolgad has his third part in a five-part series of five trades that the Vikings felt forced to make at the time. And this part is all about the person Percy Harvin trade to the Seattle Seahawks and how that affected the Vikings and Percy after the trade. Also at scorenorth.com and completely free right now, also on scorenorth.com and the scorenorth mobile app, five Viking storylines leading up to the NFL draft as we head into draft month here with the Vikings and the NFL. That is from Matthew Collar and completely free over at scorenorth.com. That's been your Scornorth download. Now back to Mackie and Joe with Rami. Football. All right, gentlemen, let's talk a little Vikings here, okay? Let's talk a little Anthony Harris here for a moment. I want to know from you guys, and this has been a discussion on Purple Daily, the Vikings have franchise tagged Anthony Harris, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the price tag would be $12 million on a safety franchise tag right now. 11.44. So just under $12 million. Yes, sir. Um, Purple Daily is the only daily Viking show year-round, even without Vikings football. Even in the off season, even in the dead times, we have a five day a week Viking show called Purple Daily with Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin, Sage Rosenfels, Alex Boone is training for an NFL comeback right now, but we'll hear from him again at some point soon. What would you guys look to do with Anthony Harris? Like, what is the number one option for you guys as it pertains to Anthony Harris? You can keep him for eleven point four million dollars, and now you're now you got the the highest paid safety tandem in the NFL. You could look to trade him for picks. 
maybe this year, maybe a third-round pick. I don't know what the market value would be. You could look to trade Harrison Smith and keep the younger Anthony Harris so that you're not paying you know, $23 million to a couple of safeties. So what? we'll start with Rami here. What is the number one thing you would be looking to do with Anthony Harris right now? If I can swing a trade for a player who helps me win football games now, and Trent Williams is the guy in my mind. That's who I'm thinking of when I say that. If you can make a trade for somebody who helps you win football games right now, preferably on the offensive side of the football, preferably at offensive line, preferably Trent Williams, but I'll listen to other ideas. I'm open to trading Anthony Harris. That's that's one instance where I'm open to trading Anthony Harris. Otherwise, guys, trading him for draft picks, again, all these draft picks you're stockpiling really good for 2021 and probably even better for 2022 and beyond if they hit, and that's great. But what are you doing about 2020? So I don't understand trading him for draft picks. I don't understand trading Harrison Smith if you're trying to win football games now. The only thing that makes sense to me is either bring back Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith at the safety position or trade Anthony Harris for an established NFL roster player who can help you win games now. If you're not doing one of those two things, it's more moves for the future, which boggles my mind when you just double down on the Kirk Cousins investment and Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman are still your head coach and, and general manager. So if it's me, I'm with Rami on this, and what I do is I trade Harris. I'd like to get a second-round pick. I think they tried to get a second-round pick uh, for him from Kevin Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns, and the Browns said no, which indicates to me that you'd probably get a third-round pick, which is what you would have gotten as a compensatory pick next year if you had allowed him to walk as a free agent, I still can't get my head around paying two safeties that much. I can't get my my head around any way that Mike Zimmer would allow Harrison Smith to be traded, and probably rightfully so. And if Harris was 24, 25, I might be like, yeah, but you might want to do that. But if I'm not mistaken, Harrison's like 31, and Anthony Harris is like 29. Um, I think what I would do night and day continually if I was Spielman and company is I would pursue that left tackle at the price of a a guy like Harris. I probably can't make that trade, but if I get more draft pick collateral for 2020 and, and then I either trade my second first-round pick, Phil, or it sounds like what Washington wants is a second-round pick. I think the Williams hang-up right now is probably more about what his camp wants financially and if the Vikings can pay it. And if I can get a third-round pick for, for Anthony Harris... Release Riley Reef, who I believe would free up around eight million and something. And if I can free up what Harris costs, now I'm up to nineteen near twenty million dollars in cap room freed up. And I've got my left tackle not only for two thousand twenty, but Williams is what, thirty one, I believe, yep. going to be thirty two. So let's say let's say he's got three to four productive years left. That's my goal. Because I don't care who my quarterback is, I need a left tackle. And I put the biggest prior- priority for this franchise on protecting my quarterback. So, yeah, I think getting a left tackle would be a top priority. If you could if you could turn your second safety into a franchise left tackle and you still have one of the best safeties in the NFL, if you can snap your fingers and make that happen, that would be great. A third-round pick becomes a little tougher for me. Like I, So trading him would be my first option. But trading him for anything less than a first or second round pick seems like a hard pill to swallow after you just traded Stefan. So now you're going to trade two of your best players for draft picks in 2020. Now you're full on into 2021-22 mode. Not that you can't still make the playoffs as the seventh team in the NFC at 8-8. Eight eight. I mean, you could you could probably 
have your cake and eat it too a little bit. If you thought you could go eight and eight and you know keep some semblance of excitement while stockpiling all this talent for the future, yep. you know maybe it's maybe it's not the worst plan. But if you could get a win now franchise left tackle out of this, that'd be the best option. But let me throw this scenario at you guys, okay? What if it was Harrison Smith instead? What if what if Washington said, "All right, um, well we'd rather have Harrison Smith than Anthony Harris," and and Trent Williams is definitely the piece that's going back to you. Would you be down to trade Harrison Smith and keep Anthony Harris and bank that Anthony Harris's 2019 season wasn't just a pop-up great season? Like Harrison Smith is sustainably one of the best yeah. safeties in the NFL. Yeah. Would you and you could argue that Anthony Harris was better last year and Pro Football Focus had him better last year. Would you would you be willing if teams said I don't know, we're not really we're not really interested in that kind of a price for one good year? Would you trade Harrison Smith? Yes, if Zimmer's not my coach. Well, he is right now. I know, and the success of that I don't defense think that's an option. and the success of that defense is banked around one guy. Harrison Smith makes that thing go because he can move around. He is a coach on the field without a question. He does so many things, and Harrison Smith is a very nice player. But again, he's twenty nine. He's not a kid. I, I think it's a fair question to ask: How much does he? benefit almost certainly from playing by Harrison Smith. And so if I had an offensive minded coach and I was sort of blowing things up defensively, experimenting, bringing in a new coordinator, that would be probably the time that I would be more than willing to sever ties with Harrison Smith. But as this team runs right now, if you take Harrison Smith away, I think you're essentially taking the heartbeat of what the head coach defensively is trying to do. And I don't know that that wouldn't be a recipe for what could be absolute defensive disaster. See, I think that just creates another unknown for a team that, if they're trying to win football games now, already probably has too many unknowns. Look, we we nobody here is saying Anthony Harris isn't a good football player. We know he is a very good football player, and just look at look at what he did last year on the field to prove that. But I think it takes a good football player to benefit from having Harrison Smith next to you. Not just anybody could walk in and reap the rewards or reap the benefits of playing alongside Harrison Smith. Anthony Harris is is good enough to do that, which which is I think a very high compliment for the guy. To, I don't think, but I don't think he puts up the numbers that he did last year or has the season that he did last year if he's not playing next to Harrison Smith. I think that there is a drop off there, and I could be wrong. But that's what I mean by the unknown. Harrison Smith has a 10-year track record under his belt for us to say we know what that guy brings to the table. Anthony Harris has one good, one real good year under his belt playing next to Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith has done it no matter who is playing next to him. So even if you're trading him for a Trent Williams, I think you're opening up another unknown, both at the position that Harrison Smith plays and who's going to replace him, and in Anthony Harris, and how much does that impact the production that he has at the other safety and, position. And I think that that's a good segue into another potential option, and it, it just seems like such an unorthodox option, but you know, can a creative defensive mind put those two guys together and get $23 million worth of value out of two of the highest paid safeties in the NFL. Like, is there in other sports, it's so easy to do it, right? Well, the Yankees get a rod. And so what do we do with two shortstops? I don't know. Move one to third. Okay. Right. Uh, In the NBA. Well, we got Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. They both are ball dominant guys. Well, you put them in different positions. You can't do it as easily at safety. Exactly. And football is one sport where you, you could certainly get creative and that's possible. But um, what you choose to pay positions matters, right? 
And the Vikings' blueprint right now, to me, doesn't make much sense. If you're going to pay Dalvin Cook, running backs, not saying he's not good. He's darn good, right? But you're going to be investing a lot in, in a position where we know that you can find positional value. Safety, the same thing. Now, if you have one great one, that's fantastic. But now you got two great ones, or really good ones, but no corners. You know, if you are, football's the one sport where I think we can still definitively, guys, sit here and have a conversation about the positions that we know financially should be invested in heavily, right? Mm -hmm. Cornerbacks, quarterbacks, left tackles. Those conversations aren't tough. And so when when you're shifting things around and saying, okay, can you put uh, Smith and Harris side-by-side again with inexperienced corners and make that work? My first answer, even with a defensive mind potentially as good as Mike Zimmer is, is it seems like a risk not worth running. Yeah, it's, boy. I'm still very confused by this. It feels unprecedented, right? I mean, I'm sure there are examples where you have two elite safeties on a roster because, you know, you just drafted one of them. And, and and you'd have to go back and look and see, like, what did defensive coordinators and coaches do with that combination? Can we go back to the one thing that, that I think we have not on this show especially harped enough on? And it, we predicted this, and it's come back to bite the Vikings in the ass. Anthony Barr, as much as I like him, linebacker, nice player. But you have never planned to or maximized what, what we thought he could be. And okay, that's your choice. But what did we talk about last year when he was in the hotel room calling the Vikings crying, I want to come back, and we kept saying, these, this is the exact type of guy that you say, you know what, we really appreciate you, sorry, that money's gone, that ship has sailed. How much different are all our conversations about what this team can do right now if you had let that guy walk? And he is a nice player, but he's not worth that contract, and that was the type of football football decision that stinks to have to make, and you say no. And what would you do with the $14 million in That's cap space? You know, like, yes. you know what? I, I do think sometimes we go a little too overboard with, you know, Anthony Barr is worthless and this because cool. he only has a second half. He's a good player, and he's freakishly athletic and talented. But, you know, could you have – this is the problem – it's easier to draft and find a quality number two linebacker, which is what he is, because Eric Kendricks is their best linebacker. It's easier to find like a number two linebacker in the second round for a lot less money than it is to find a franchise left tackle in the draft for for that same price tag. Like if you can find safeties and linebackers in the draft and just sort of cultivate them because those positions aren't as important, then you spend those resources on center, tackle, quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I mean it's you you it's not even an I told I mean it, for you like you were saying this in advance. Yeah, we talked it's not about a second year. guess. So yeah, we can take phone calls on this too. I know uh, we'll get to CJ here in a second. Six five one six four six eight two five five. If you have thoughts on the Vikings off season to this point, or if you have thoughts on uh, awkward moments that have occurred in the last two weeks during your quarantine life, like me getting into an elevator. And then the next person seeing the doors open and then just letting them shut because they didn't want to share space. 651-646-8255. CJ, you're on with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. What's up, man? Hey, great stuff, guys. I'm talking about the draft. A lot of us uh, so-called experts or wannabe got plenty of time to dig through this stuff. But the thing that concerns me is always the need pick. You look at, um, you know, Rick Spielman, if you look at all his picks, he's had a lot of first-round picks since he took over in 2000, 2011. 
he has not done very well in the first round. I mean, that's just a matter of fact. And a lot of times it seems like he, he's done better in later rounds, but it seems like he gets caught in that drafting for need. And I think the most important thing about this draft is you've got the 22nd pick, and you look at that. I think you've got to go up from 22. I think you're looking at a shutdown corner, uh, C.J. Henderson. Um, if you don't take him or if you can't move up to maybe 14 or 15 and grab him, to me, on my big board, it drops to almost in the 40s before you get your next uh, cornerback, which to me is A.J. Terrell. Wait, C.J., so, football. Yeah. You just casually breezed by the phrase on my big board. You got your own well, big board. You got you have well, is it is, is it Velcro? Fellas, we got a lot of time. He's we right. got a lot of time. He's this football. CJ just inspired me to come up with a uh, score north contest and I'm going to propose this on the air. Show us your big board. I like everybody, it. everybody's stuck at home in isolation in quarantine. They're all draft experts like our guy CJ here. Make your own big board and show us your big board at SKOR North. CJ, tweet it at us. Tweet it at us. Got to have it. I will I will send it your way. Um, but I, I want to finish this subject. So a lot of people are like, well, if you're going to go from 22 to 14, what are you going to have to give up, right? And they go into a panic. And the, and the short answer is you give up whatever it takes to go up there and you get that shutdown corner. Now, how do you get those picks back? You've got 25. You've got the best wide receiver draft maybe in history. Now you start going backward with 25 and get those picks back. If you've got to go back once, twice, three, four times into the late 30s, you've got all this leverage now. You stockpile day two, and now you go for the need picks that you've got to to fill all these holes. So my big point is go up to 22, get the shutdown corner, take 25, and look to go back. And hopefully they're doing their due diligence, and hopefully – this is a plan that they want to do because if they sit there at 22 and wait for a cornerback and then reach for one that that's just not going to be shut down, not ready to play, then all of a sudden we got serious problems. Football. Nice. Good phone call. TJ, thank you for the I phone call. I got me excited. Please send us. Got a big board. Dude, he's... He's doing his due diligence there. Good for I don't him. hate that plan. If there's somebody that you really like and you've got all this ammunition, don't be afraid to trade up and then yep. the stockpile picks... On the way back, if wide receiver is is what you're looking. Have to you guys draft. ever been so into the draft that you made your own big board? Can't say that I have. I, I am very much into the draft, but I did for hockey once. Wait, what? I was like 15. <laughs> I had a board for hockey. How deep did it go? Just first round. Okay, that's so all. like 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 random Russian players from. No, this was 85, dude. There were no. It was all uh, Canadians and you. No, I threw it away a long time ago. I'm sure. I mean, this is, I'm 15 at the time. I had nothing else to do. I hadn't started drinking yet. My former co-host in Milwaukee. <laughs> now, that started a year after when I was violating the laws and started with some Bartles and James. That was not good. It wasn't but for Bartles a few buds. He was only 15 wine, years old. Wine but. coolers, man. Bane of me. My former co-host, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer in Milwaukee, before we started doing a draft show every year, he would literally have a he, what he called a war room, and he would sit there with the computer piles of notes. Football. Nice. Big board on the wall. Yeah, he's... It was disturbing, and he would always feel a need to tell us he wa- he wasn't wearing pants on draft day. It was just him in his war room, no pants on, just boxers. Like the whole day, just pacing just, around. I guess just boxers. Yeah, yeah. just hanging. Not out. some mesh shorts like I do. No, just hanging out in boxers. Man. Okay, how, how in the war room? Do you think Rick Spielman? Because this year is going to be a quarantined draft, right? He's probably he's probably got the the digital big board set up somewhere in his house. He probably does. Percent yeah. chance Rick Spielman's wearing pants during the draft this year. 
I think I think he probably is because <laughs> you know the obligatory shot in the war room where they get they get the guy they wanted and everybody like stands up out of their cheers like they're at NASA and just accomplished this the space shuttle launch and they all get up and fist pump and celebrate. I'd imagine we're gonna have the virtual version of that in virtual draft rooms across the NFL. Everybody's going to be on Zoom and jumping out of their chair like they're super excited about the draft pick they just got, even though, I mean, let's be real, they're probably not. It's probably not the guy they wanted. And the, the fact will that- teams still go, go in? Like, will, will Spielman and Zimmer be in Egan? I don't think they're allowed to. I think... Can I technically think the NFL shut down all the facilities? Yeah, technically the NFL and the and by then the states, right? Well, I mean, if you're not an essential, that, that's essential. Business. That's essential. Have you seen the roads? Well, man? it's not essential to be in. Have you the seen building. the roads? It, it is pretty crowded. There's still. way too many essential people. I thought we were special in the media. We're just run of the mill. Yeah, there must be. There's as much traffic. And people as there was still last... don't know how to merge on the highway. That's still a problem. <laughs> you know There's what? like Rami? six people out here. Rami? Y'all still don't know how to merge. Rami, it's worse now. I swear to God, every day is like Sunday yeah. drivers now. I have more people creeping into my lane on a Wednesday than I ever have. There's also people who just Robbie's take it right. upon themselves to drive 100 miles an hour because they know that police officers have no interest in pulling people over. Right. You're going 80 now? Oh, I don't care anymore. It's so <laughs> just, much fun. It's Autobahn time. Just nobody. Like, if you're a cop right now, you probably have to be going 140 miles an hour before you're like, all right, I'll risk it, whatever. I'll pull some... Pull some idiot over and handle his coronavirus what written would ID. Be the, that's a good question. What would be the speed at which you would have to? I mean, I'm I literally like on my way home. I, I take three ninety four up and down, and I there's, you know, I'm going seventy in a fifty five or a sixty sometimes because I don't know because the roads are because you're a rebel. Just say it because you're a rebel. No, there's people going ninety or a hundred. Yeah, because you're the bad guy. No, right? There's people going a hundred miles. I was at seventy five in, in all seriousness yesterday going home. I looked, I was at 75. And no one is looking to pull you over. No, no, no. I'm not even seeing uh, police that much. Uh, Levitard Show asked this morning, Jonathan caught this, they they started talking about people's drinking habits. Are you guys guys drinking more on quarantine? Like, are you you drinking more on a Saturday? Saturday. (laughs) Saturday. The Zolgads, let me just say this. The liquor store down down the street from us, little Mon Pa shop, they're not suffering too bad. <laughs> so you, <laughs> I think I'm making three stops a week. They're right? on your payroll. Now. I think I'm making three stops a week, and the Marlboro Ultralight what one hundreds are um, going out the door at least twice a week. Yeah, no, there's a you know here's the one. So thing, you're not though. utilizing the delivery services. Just get a subscription no. service at that point. No, I just Jeez. go down there. I say, how's it going? We talk. Uh, but here's the one thing that gets me. Like, I'm hearing doctors now talking about drinking and, and stay healthy. And you can't have it both ways. All right. I'm willing to self quarantine. I'm not going out. I have no interest in being sick or making other people sick. But I draw my line there. You then can't tell me, and here's what you should do to keep yourself as healthy. But no, I'm going to get fat. I'm going to drink too much. When this is done, tell me, and I'll go back out. And I might even go to the health club. But this is driving no, me not. nuts. This I might, I might, because I'm going to feel super fat. But this is driving me crazy now to have like this extra layer of health people telling me, well, now you really shouldn't. You know, people are drinking too much at home. What do you expect us to do? I hate, I hate to bring the realness the to the show and bring down the mood. But like what they keep saying, Judd, is that the isolation has an effect on us mentally and right. can send us 
into depression and anxiety and just the stress of what we're all living through right now and that turning to alcohol is kind of a dangerous way to cope, especially when you're upping the amount of alcohol that you're drinking. All right, here's the one thing. Sorry to be that guy, but I just I just got to throw that out there to rebut right. what you just said. Right, but it's too much. Like, if I'm going to be quarantined, that's it. That's all you can tell me. Tell me to stay I, home. I also think there's a line here, okay? Like, it's not black or white. There are shades of gray. I'm home more often, all right? I might grab an extra claw or two or six, as it were, this <laughs> last weekend. You're bowling with empty claws, okay? which, by the way, I respect mightily. Listen, you need ten empty claw cans to I, properly claw bowl. Right? I'm not criticizing you. But you know, I think everyone is a little bit more stressed out. Everyone is a little bit more anxious about the future and the unknown. And I think there's a difference between like drowning your feelings in ten drinks or a bottle of whiskey and like pouring an extra nightcap mm-hmm. seven nights a week. <laughs> Yeah, right? You, Damn it, right? You're, fine. you're, you're right. fine. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Listen, I think it's... All right, vi- I had four glasses of peanut butter and w- peanut butter whiskey over the weekend, okay? Peanut butter whiskey? What? And it was amazing. Whoa, what? what? Is that? That's right. Hold on. Peanut butter infused whiskey. What's the brand? What? Is what my are new talking about here? I'll, I'll find the brand and I'll bring it up on tomorrow's show. So it show. comes Just all bring man. a bottle in. We're the only ones in the building, man. Yeah, that's Let's true. party. Well, I'd bring it in, but it would <laughs> just go to waste. Says the guy that just told me to dial it back. I'm not saying you should party and enjoy yourself. I'm just saying don't turn to the bottle for comfort. Rami brought in some perfectly good banana and chocolate chip coping muffins last week. Rami and I both enjoyed one. Jonathan and Judd, they're still sitting in here. What? Yes. Last time I bring food in. No, last time. Listen, I last enjoy, time. I ate it out of your hand, basically. basically so bring yeah, it in. That was not good. That's the doctors wouldn't have liked that. What, 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 doctors wouldn't approve of that. You got something against my muffins? <laughs> Just go to break. <laughs> Mm. It, it is for the end of that segment as well. That's uh, Robbie, you are you are on a roll two for two, guys. All I got to say is, doctors, back off. I'm doing my best. <laughs> Walking off the segments, two for two. Here we go. Segment's Let's over. go to segment number yeah. three. Way to go, Sammy Salsa. <laughs> segment's over. We're going to come back with Darren Doogie Wolfson from Five Eyewitness News and the Scoop Oops. Podcast, and we'll get to the bottom of Vikings wave two of free agency. Are there, is there still a trade to be made, or are talks dead at this point? And a cram session later on. And two more chances for Rami to derail segments with inappropriate comments. Let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company here for a brief moment. So Federated is here to help business owners. Federated has been around for over 100 years down in Owatonna, Minnesota. And they measure their success very simply. If you succeed as a business, then they succeed. And that's how they measure their value. With Federated, you tap into experience and you tap into a knowledge base and really just a community of of people that are here to make sure that when something bad happens to the company that you built, that uh, you've got a game plan to help you recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. I've been a business owner in my life in the past, and so I, I, I know the swings. I know the lifestyle can have ups and downs and stresses, and it helps a lot if you have an insurance company that you can lean on. Federatedinsurance.com. To find a full list of industries Federated protects and to find your local Federated representative. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Minnesota sports fans, we know you're doing your best to stay home and we're here for you at Score North through every step of the coronavirus pandemic. 
Got something to say about Minnesota sports? Want to tell us why we're wrong, perhaps? Leave us a mic drop message on the free Score North app. You may even hear yourself on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, or the free Score North mobile app. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Welcome back in. Mackie and Joe with Rami here. Score North and the Score North app. And on that Score North app, and also also on Apple and Spotify, you can find the Scoop podcast with Darren Doogie Wolfson. Interviews and inside information and speculation about your favorite Minnesota sports teams a couple days a week, usually, for that podcast to drop. You can also find Doogie as part of the 5 Eyewitness News sports team downstairs here from Score North. Doogie, welcome back to the show here. Every Tuesday at 5 o'clock, we get our uh, our local scoops from you. And we just finished up a discussion about different options the Vikings have with Anthony Harris. Do you have any information on what the Vikings may or may not be looking to do with Anthony Harris, who's been franchise tagged? Hello, Philip. There have been discussions about signing him to a long-term deal. Those discussions were expected to pick up. Yesterday, they died down over the weekend, but they actually got going at some point, you know, whether it was last week or a couple weeks ago. So I would not be shocked if at some point in the, in the near future that we do have news of the Vikings wrapping up a long-term deal with Anthony Harris. I know the New York Giants have had interest, the Browns, you know, there's some chatter about some other teams having some trade interests, but the issue there is it's like with the Vikings and the Washington Redskins and Trent Williams. You know, not only would a team need to give the Vikings a decent draft pick, but then you need to sign Anthony Harris to a long-term deal. I'm not quite sure there's many teams that want to do both of those. Like the Giants absolutely would give him nice money, is my understanding. You know, but do they also want to give the Vikings a decent draft pick in return also? I don't think that's going to happen. So I think of all the possibilities, him playing on the one-year franchise tag, him playing here on a long-term deal, or him being traded at this point, it's fluid. But at this point, I would wager on him signing a long-term deal. A long-term deal and not taking the one-year franchise tender. Yes, correct, Rami, yes, signing a long-term deal. If With the teams that they have discussed trading him, has it been draft picks in return that they've been trying to net, or is it is it players who can help them win now? I've heard draft picks. Like, I haven't heard of Harris straight up for Trent Williams or Harris straight up for... Thune, the the offensive lineman, the guard from New England, who my understanding is the Vikings are fans of, but I think that's a tough transaction to pull off. I don't have a sense that the Patriots won Anthony Harris, or at least won him and then pay him long term. So yeah, my understanding, Rami, is if they end up trading Anthony Harris, the return would be some sort of draft pick compensation. So dude, things were certainly um, active last week when free agency did start, but ordinarily in in normal times, which clearly this is not, this week is sort of a second wave, right, where, where you see the Vikings and teams making moves. And we might not know the players as much who are signing, but they still are. It feels to me like wave two is not really there. One, do you agree with that? And two, do you think the Vikings aren't done here, or is this just going to be a completely different thing because of the fact that once we got through the top players, now there probably is a genuine concern about physicals, about talking to players, etc.? I mean, that's exactly it, Judd. Now, do I think the Vikings are done? No. I think they, I think they sign a cornerback. You know, maybe they add another wide receiver. You know, maybe another position. I know they kicked the tires on a running back, Devontae Booker, but that was before they re-signed Amir Abdullah. But I think you're exactly right. 
I think some of the hurdles are, like, let's go case by case. Andre Kirkpatrick, who got let go by the Bengals today, he injured his knee week six last year against Baltimore. Misses the rest of the year. My understanding is his knee is okay, but how could you sign him without having your doctors get their hands on him to administer a physical? And I know that his camp has a great relationship with Mike Zimmer. That's a name I would keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. You know, the former Bengals defensive back, Denard, you know, with the deal falling through in Jacksonville, was that medically related? I mean, we don't know that for sure, but I know some people in the league are wondering that. Everson Griffin had a great 2019 on the field, off the field. But it wasn't that long ago, 2018, that he had all sorts of mental health hurdles. You know, so if you're a team like Seattle or Tampa or the Jets or the Giants or the Cowboys or the Raiders or a couple other teams that have kicked the tires on Griffin, are you ready to commit millions of dollars to him without bringing him in for some sort of visit, just to meet with him face-to-face, just to make sure he's in a good spot mentally? You know, so I think if you go case-by-case with a lot of these guys, you know, whether it's you know, mental health hurdles or, or physical health hurdles, Jed, I think that's exactly it. I think we'll still see some agreements in the coming days and over the next week or two, but I think a lot of guys might just have to wait. Doogie, how does the Vikings' internal draft process change now? And, I'm, and every team's going through the same struggle here when you can't have the in-person visits, you, you, you don't, you know, you don't get that hands-on, uh, you know, face-to-face with some of these players. And on top of that, you don't get all of your own people in a room. You can do Zoom meetings, which everyone's doing, but to what degree does their draft process change? And Rick Spielman is very meticulous about his draft process. We know that. He is. I mean, heck, I mean, they had it all lined up. The dates were April, top of head, it's in my phone, either April 6th and 7th or April 7th and 8th to bring in over 30 draft prospects. In fact, I did a Zoom chat yesterday for, for something I'll air on Channel 5 on likely Thursday, a, a Zoom chat with Carter Coughlin the former gopher, the former star of Eden Prairie. He was set to visit the Vikings here in a week or two. You know, that's off. You know, so it's, yeah, it's what you said. It's, it's FaceTime chats. It's, it's Zoom chats internally. You know, Judd, you can speak to this. I don't know if you were there for the, for the field trip last year, but they brought a bunch of us into the Vikings draft room, you know, like last late April, early May. And they have this unbelievably huge and, you know, up to date, you know, from a technology standpoint, just this, this massive board that's all digital, you know, and, and it's Rick's baby, the way he moves guys around and how they have guys stacked, you know, like to me, the MVPs right now are probably the Vikings, you know, IT guys, right? Just to, just to make sure that all these guys are able to, to have conversations, you know, yeah, Zoom and all that. But yeah, in terms of interviewing prospects, it's FaceTime and or Skype, and, and you're even limited in that regard, and you're limited on how long you can talk to guys. Now, that being said, you know, the scouts were out all season. Heck, Rick Spielman saw a lot of guys in person. George Payton saw a lot of guys in person. They made it to, not those guys specifically, but they were represented at a number of pro days before pro days shut down, like Wisconsin, like Kansas State, like Kansas, like Oklahoma. There were a bunch of pro days that took place right after the Combine. You know, plus, you know, their scouts seeing guys in person, being able to break down film. I'm not quite sure not having, you know, 30-plus guys in April 7 and 8 is, is that big of a deal. Like, to me, there's enough bodies of work out there where they should be able to do enough homework on these guys. But, yeah, I mean, make no mistake, Phil, I'm telling you, Rick's baby is that huge digital board in their, in their draft war room. So the fact that he can't have access to that has to be killing him. Can't he go to the war room just he's the only one in there? 
because that's a visual I want to see is just Rick Spielman <laughs> and his big board in an empty room. I, I, think... I black on. <laughs> but that I... would be fantastic. I mean, as far as I know, like trainers can still go into the facility. It's not like the facility is completely shut down. Team security. Yeah, but as far as I know, you know, whether it's Rick or any number of front office personnel, they got to stay home. Rami, uh, maybe Rick Spielman goes into his Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, yeah! Look at who I have on my big board! <laughs> Look at it! It's the most beautiful. We've got, board. we've got to trade down. We've got to trade down. <laughs> Get to the big board. Get to the big board now! Move up! Move up! <laughs> oh, just he's a chop blocker. A chop blocker. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> oh. Yeah, Dukes. Uh, Dukes, the twins. Sorry, Dukes. The twins. Yeah, what, the twins. What? Uh, <laughs> what do, do we know about guys who have scattered? I did see. I did see a tweet of Sano today, which must have been from the Gram working out. He still looks to be in fantastic shape. Got to admit, I'm a bit concerned there. So I'm glad to see that Miguel is keeping himself in shape. Yeah, Miguel is. I know Byron Buxton. He stayed in Fort Myers for a little bit, but then he went back to his house in Georgia. Lewis Thorpe's been aggressive on, on Twitter, showing some of the videos of Byron. You know, Byron's shoulders in a, in a good spot. Nelson Cruz did that conference call with us early last week. So did Taylor Rogers. Taylor's in the Denver area. Nelson's down in the Dominican. Guys are all scattered about. I talked to Randy Dobnak the other day. He's back in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia, but he's got a throwing partner. And he's actually ramping up pretty good like i know jake odorizzi's on record saying you know he's throwing you know maybe 50 to 60 pitches once a week like you don't know what the end game is but in dobnak's case at least as of a few days ago he was going 60 pitches every other day you know so it just it varies but these guys are in constant contact with west johnson with rocco baldelli with the twins training staff so yeah a lot of these guys are are doing their best to stay in shape boy this is uh it's just amazing that this season is in jeopardy, and there are so many ramifications because teams aren't going to teams aren't going to be able to, to to put a pause on service time, right? So, like Nelson Cruz, he's got he gets another year older. If you're the Dodgers right now, and you've got one year of Mookie Betts, and you gave up some prospects to get him, and the season gets canceled or is just a sprint in some form that that you know doesn't reward uh, longevity of of six months of a baseball season. It is amazing just the point that we're at here, Doogie, and the panic that some front offices, maybe even the Twins, must feel as they construct rosters. Not to mention, Ricey came on yesterday and, and threw this out, and he's right. You know, revenues are going to be challenged across Major League Baseball. If you're the Twins, are you going to really have a $140 million payroll next year? And if and if not, like, how are you going to slash it? Who's not going to be here? Does it make you less likely to trade prospects this year because you know that you need those guys to be in your starting lineup next year. I mean, you're right. I mean, I guess, you know, in that case, I mean, guys like Marwin Gonzalez, Nelson Cruz, Jake Odorizzi, I'm probably leaving off a guy or two, but but all those guys are, are free agents after the year. I would imagine you don't re-sign any of those guys. I mean, there's been chatter going back weeks about the Twins extending Nelson Cruz, but I imagine, maybe I should have checked on this knowing I was coming out with you guys, but I imagine those talks are on hold. Like, why would you sign Nelson Cruz to a contract extension right now with just so much uncertainty? So, yeah, I didn't even think of that angle. I'm not even quite sure we're going to have baseball at this point. Like, I don't know where you guys stand on that. Now, I did see the city of Toronto. You know, I heard you guys talking about that on my on my drive into the office, you know, kicking off the, the 4 o'clock hour about 
how the mayor of Toronto has said, you know, no public gatherings through the month of June, so until July 1st. But I guess that doesn't include the potential of right. Blue Jays games. But I think best-case scenario, maybe we have a little bit of baseball, you know, latter part of the summer with, with no fans in attendance. But I don't even know how you would have games in hot spots like, you know, Seattle, San Francisco, New York, right. you know, presumed upcoming hot spots, maybe like Detroit and some other cities. You know, so I just, you know, call me a pessimist. But at this point, I guess I would be surprised if we have any baseball at this point. That hurts my heart, Doogie. I know it does, but, like, Kirk Street's out there, right, Rami? You know, in, in terms of football, I was texting with, with a U of M, you know, regent, and, and he's pretty convinced. Now, it's just his opinion, but he's pretty convinced that the college football season is, is very much up in the air. Yeah, Herb Street has said college football, the NFL, you know, I mean, just, there's so much unknown at this point. Uh, I get it. The TV revenue is, is absurd that all these leagues want to play. I get it. The NFL had that conference call today, you know, where they're saying they, they fully expect to play a full season, that, that they're convinced based on, on their intel they'll be able to get a full season in. But I don't even know how they would know that. And I get it. They are leaning on medical experts. They're not just randomly saying that. But I think it depends on, on what medical expert you're leaning on, because I think some would tell you that, that this thing's going to linger here for, for a long time, that, that playing any games, you know, with, with that many players and players in, in close proximity to one another and, and all the support staff needed to put on a game, I just don't know how you're going to pull that off, say, even three, four, five, six months from now. Yeah, and you, you said you were listening at, at the start of the show, Doogie. That's, that's what I was saying, is that football, logistically, when just in, in terms of the sheer numbers that it takes to, to pull off a game and to televise a game and put it on the radio, the sheer numbers of that, when we're talking about isolation or the potential for spread between 250 300 people that all need to be in the same stadium at the same time then leave that stadium and go about their regular day-to-day lives or wherever they go back to and the potential for them to spread it to those people who are in their day-to-day lives and those people to spread it to more people it seems like football the numbers game even though they have more time on their side the numbers game is working more against them than any other sport I'm with you, and the more you read about the virus, like I just saw a story. Now, maybe I'm the idiot for reading all this stuff and freaking myself out, but I read the story about this choir in the, in the Seattle area where it was, it was long before, you know, any public gatherings were banned or anything like that. You know, it was, it was out there, but, but a lot of people were still gathering in the, in the Seattle metropolitan area. This choir gathers, you know, and they're in close proximity, and they're just they're singing. Nobody had any, you know, symptoms or was running a fever or anything. You know, dozens upon dozens show up for this for this choir practice. You know, now a few weeks later, you've got, you know, a couple people dead, you know, others, you know, fighting for their lives. I mean, you know, as, as you read more about how this just potentially spreads, you know, airborne-wise, uh, it just it freaks you the bleep out. You know, so I just, again, I don't know, you know, if, if that is true, and we're still learning more and more about how the virus spreads airborne-wise. But if that is true, I just don't know how in September or October we will see football games. I just don't. I really don't. Doogie, 60 seconds left. Empty the notebook. Rapid-fire scoops. Fire away. I had a conversation with Zeke Naji earlier today. He is signing with agent Adam Pensack. He's a, he's a power broker, not a big-timer in the, in the world of NBA agents, but he's a pretty good agent. So Zeke is in. So that makes the fourth Minnesotan to declare for, for the draft. Now, McKinley Wright, Champlain Park High School, former Mr. Basketball, I talked with him the other day. That interview is available on the KSTP.com sports page. He will not hire an agent. So he could always end up back in, 
in Colorado for his senior year. But Trey Jones is in. Daniel Aturu is in. Zeke Naji is in. I think there's a good chance all three guys, who all, by the way, were teammates for a tiny period with Howard Pulley, the local AAU program, I think there's a real chance that all three will be first-round picks. Now, who the heck knows when the draft will be? Will the draft happen in June? Will it be July, August, September? We don't know that, but I think it's realistic to think that all three guys will be in the draft. Marcus Carr declared last night he won't hire an agent. The Gophers fully expect him to be back. I mean, there were over 70 guys last year that declared, went through the process, then ultimately ended up back in school. I think if you're Marcus Carr, especially if if visits are, are off limits, why not get feedback, right? I mean... You know, uh, every NBA team had, had at least a scout watch the Gophers this year, mostly because of Oturu, but NBA teams have, have notes on Marcus Carr. If you're Marcus Carr, why not get feedback? But I can just tell you the Gophers fully expect him back next year. That is Darren Doogie Wilson from 5 Eyewitness News and from the Scoop podcast, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app. Doogie, we'll talk to you next Tuesday, man. One more note, Phil. Richard Pitino's been talking to two guys that could replace Rob Jeter. On his staff, Jeff Malhot, who's at Iona, played at Hopkins High School back in the day. He's one person on Richard Pitino's radar. Local AAU coach Al Harris, he coaches D1 Minnesota. He's another guy at Pitino's radar. My understanding is, I mean, what the heck else is Richard going to do at this point? So he's been having a lot of conversations with guys that are interested in that Jeter position. Yeah, for sure, man. All right, see you, Doogie. Thanks, Doogie. Okay, see you, boys. Darren Doogie Wolfson, our buddy from The Scoop. So here's the thing about college sports, too. Colleges as a whole are probably not coming back anytime soon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to chance putting kids in September. Like, like let's say it's past almost. But if you're an academic, you are going to be the last person to be like, well, let's just have our college come back and let's try it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you know, in pro sports, there's a lot to lose. And, yes, it comes down to people as well, but it's also millions times billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. College sports... Colleges are going to probably be, and schools are going to be the last to come back. Unless you go with a plan that says basically screw it, you're not going to be playing college sports if your college is not in session. Yeah. So college football, I think, is probably, for 2020, probably pretty much toast because I don't see any way that you can be Michigan, Minnesota, right? And be like, you know, I think it's okay because of football. And, Boy, I mean, you know, that's one what... student comes in, one student comes in, or one teacher, and we have a respread of this, and all hell breaks Right. This. Well, that is, that's the academic and the school perspective on it, but then there's the NCAA perspective on it, and they have yeah. sway in this, too. And I saw something that came out, I want to say yesterday morning, about just how much money and revenue the NCAA lost during March Madness alone, yep. and then think about... The effect if you start to cancel college football games and college football season. Can you bring those kids back on campus and have them practice without classes being in session and risking the chance if there's a fall flare up of this? I think what I'm saying is the NCAA, the first priority for them isn't going to be the health and safety of kids and people. Right, but I could see the school saying no. Yeah. And saying buzz off. Yeah, it is. Which is where your idea of pro football makes the most sense because if anyone's going to push the envelope, it's going to be the National Football League. Mm-hmm. So why is it that they're saying college football is more in danger than the NFL season being pulled off? Is it because of of it being on campus and the risk to other students? What what exactly is it that's harder about pulling off a college football game than, than an NFL football game? Am I missing something? Because they would still have classes. Like, if you had virtual classes, like, I think, I think step one is fall classes in colleges are still going to be virtual. 
Like they're still going to have a semester, but you're going to get into Zoom classes instead. So if they go Zoom and you get people off campus, could they still hold a college football season? I don't know. In front yeah. of empty it's stadiums. It. But the problem there is the Power Five, like the the but TV revenue fans. that comes in. Exactly. Well, some schools probably can just get by off of. I don't know. I don't know enough about. But the much, SEC is all the based sheer on size of it. Just so, there's so many different teams and so many players. Sure. Well, there's to... there's some teams that are tied into major major TV deals and yeah. major you know like the Texas Longhorns have more TV revenue coming in than any school in the MAC, for instance. Right? Like, how does that work? Does does this kill certain athletic departments from even offering up college football? Right. And some can survive off national TV deals and, and it, revenue. If it kills those, it, it's going to kill a slew of sports at those schools because the minor sports definitely piggyback off the success of football revenue, basketball, right? Yeah. So there's like there's just a whole bunch of things here, but I got to think that getting colleges back in session, playing games is going to be incredibly difficult into the winter. The good news for us this week is ESPN just announced today that the Michael Jordan 10-part 30 for 30 documentary is coming out on April 19th, parts 1 and part 2 on April 19th, and then two more parts. I'm assuming they're an hour long each. Ten parts, five weeks. It'll be part 1, part 2 on April 19th. Are they going to do that? Yes. I I hate to pick nits here, but... Dude, we're getting it two months early. just Just give it all to me at once. Let me consume at my own pace. Don't don't give it to Play me. Play the Buzz Killington thing. Don't give it to me. Like in and drabs. Play the Buzz Killington. What? This we're is... just getting it. What's so, that? so do you really think you're suited to be the fourth guy in our group, Buzz Killington? This, by the way, is going to be something. I'm not saying Super Bowl ratings, okay? But there's literally no other timely programming on all of the different things that that have been recorded for, like, you know, like like ABC has a couple shows that my wife and I watch. Well, those shows in NBC, like This Is Us, a lot of these appointment viewing shows for people are wrapping up right now. By the time we get to mid-April, there's going to be no live sports. There's yep. going to be no like new episodes of top network TV shows. Oh my God, what it's gonna only going to be on-demand viewing. I guarantee that this Michael Jordan Rami's, documentary does ridiculous ratings. Rami, I, I thought that this news would make you incredibly happy, and since we started talking about it, you become more. Well, I mean, you sad about, dude. The Michael Jordan documentary. Why are you more despondent? Well, first of all, why are we still releasing things episode by episode in 2020? It's it's a binge watching society. No, they're doing it's it. Disney they're, company. So they're doing it to to make sure that TV ratings can spike because TV ratings are probably right. down for ESPN. Look, this is a time of crisis. You're worried about your ratings? How about the <laughs> mental health of the people who need things to watch while they're stuck in their homes? All right, screw your ratings. To hell with your Rami? ratings. Give me the whole thing and give it to me now. One piece of advice. Drink more, you'll feel better. It's not a terrible piece of advice there. Yeah, you never answered. Are you drinking more? I am not, guys. Actually, and this is this is another this is another hang up I have. I don't know if you'd call it a neuroses or whatever the case might be. I lost a ton of weight ten years ago, and since then I've been so terrified of being obese again that any time a situation presents itself where I could potentially get fat again. I go in the complete opposite direction and become obsessed with diet and exercise. Like, not long after I lost all the weight, I broke my left thumb, and I couldn't lift weights anymore, and that's the majority of my workouts. So I just 
went at it crazy on the cardio. Like That was the only thing I could do in the gym. And then a few years later, I had knee surgery. So I went into the gym and just did all upper body workouts and weightlifting and anything I could do without using my knee. And when this thing hit, and you guys saw how concerned I was that they were going to close the gym in my house or in my apartment building, and when that finally happened, I panicked a little bit. And now I've like my diet is on point. I'm working out twice a day. Like it's probably it's probably gone in an unhealthy direction, but in the completely opposite direction. Like I've become I've become now obsessed with not going back to being fat Rami and probably if I'm being mm. honest, taking it a little bit too far. Yeah, I'm literally curling twelve packs of white cloth. That's <laughs> That's what I'm doing. <laughs> more TikToks of that. <laughs> oh, there'll be more. Uh, uh, Rami, have you posted your first TikTok video yet? I have not. Rami, no. I couldn't your find your account. still existing? It's Rami is ticking. T-I-K-I-N-G. Rami is ticking. Rami is ticking. I don't, yeah, I don't remember Rami yesterday. is ticking from our conversation yesterday. I couldn't find it. Hold on. Let me make sure I got this questionable right. Questionable name. Hold on one second. Rami oh, is serving. Questionable. <laughs> Five to oh, 15. Reese Witherspoon is on TikTok. That's nice. And now it's You're making noises it. again. That's there's J Lo and A Rod on my screen for some reason. Um, let's see. Did you say A Rod? Yes. Yeah. I'm. I'd like to get some advice. R A M I E is T I K I N G. Rami is ticking. Yeah. Your your profile's not showing up. Can you at least just can you go to Phil Mackey M N and just follow me so I can follow you back? Will do. Okay. Glad we figured this out. On see, the uh, there we go. And for other people, other people who want to join the TikTok revolution with us here. Do some wacky videos this weekend. I can't between wait between workouts. First beer. You're my first follow, Mackie. Look at that. Right on. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right, Jonathan's got a cram session. Diverging back here. <laughs> there it is again. Slide into my TikTok. The third, ti- third time he tried to after your fourth workout. Walk off on the segment. It's good. No, we're not going to let him this time. Two for three, Rami. Two for three. When we come back, a heated cram session with Judge Jonathan, but to lay the smackdown. Or something like that. Jonathan here with the Score North download. During the coronavirus pandemic, the need remains high for our local Ronald McDonald House Charities Upper Midwest as they work tirelessly to provide food, shelter, and a wide array of support services to families with seriously ill or injured children at their Twin Cities locations. Thanks to Louisa Rise and the Minnesota Twins, one lucky person who makes a donation of any amount at scorenorth.com will receive a signed Louisa Rise Twins jersey. Your contribution allows the Ronald McDonald House to continue to provide critical services to families dealing with a child's health crisis. To donate, please visit scorenorth.com keyword donate. If you just missed the last segment, if you're just joining us, Darren Doogie Wolfson joined last segment for The Scoop and was talking about the possibilities of a long-term deal for Anthony Harris, saying... I would not be shocked if at some point in the in the near future that we do have news of the Vikings wrapping up a long-term deal with Anthony Harris. I know the New York Giants have had interest, the Browns, you know, there's some chatter about some other teams having some trade interests, but the issue there is, it's like with the Vikings and the Washington Redskins and Trent Williams, you know, not only would a team need to give the Vikings a decent draft pick, but then you need to sign Anthony Harris to a long-term deal. I'm not quite sure there's many teams that want to do both of those. So I think of all the possibilities, him playing on the one-year franchise tag, him playing here on a long-term deal, or him being traded, at this point, it's fluid. But at this point, I would wager on him signing a long-term deal. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, sir. We'll get into cram session here in just a second. And uh, we'll we'll do so with at least one question here. There's there's a couple questions on here that I feel like we might not even... 25 minutes might not contain... 
the potential in some of these questions. Jonathan did a great job. And no, I'm not just sucking up to get a point today. Okay, maybe I am. But this this article came across Star Tribune's website. I saw Judd retweet it, and I have to bring it up because it is the exact thing that Judd was bitching about earlier in the show. This is the headline on the article, okay, from a from a local freelancer. Day drinking and binge watching TV and other no-nos. A Minneapolis freelancer doles out work at home advice during coronavirus. Joe, would you like to hear the advice from somebody here? Sure. Number one, why not? Get dressed, okay? Don't just don't yeah. just be schleppy. Yeah. Don't just wake up and yeah, not shower for dressed. six days. I mean, and you should shower. Pants. That's just basic hygiene. But yeah, but don't you don't have to wear real clothes. Exactly. So, so get dressed is no the first problem. piece of advice. Whatever okay? you're comfortable in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, no television during the day. Screw all that noise. <laughs> yeah. What? Who no. the hell what? are no. you to tell me what to do right uh-huh. now? No. What is that advice? No. Listen, it's, be focused on your work. Hone in. That's that's what this advice is, okay? No television at work during the day. I don't know who this person is, but they're a terrible person. Continue on. No day drinking. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> can I can like I, any day of the week not even Saturday can I and Sunday flip off this camera <laughs> yes okay can you right there we can do that no day drinking not right all the there. time okay. but in this particular case yes is, is he, say, is he saying no day drinking ever like not even on Saturday and Sunday when you let don't me, have to work from home let me read the excerpt here all okay? right uh, she writes, as an extrovert who now works without coworkers, I need social time, which often is a lunch date with a friend, but I never indulged in a drink during a workday. With bars and restaurants closed, this should be even easier, but don't be tempted to set up a virtual cocktail hour in the middle of the day. Sure, there's no one to smell your breath, but you're kidding yourself if you think a nice dry Pinot doesn't interfere with your productivity. This. I mean, you shouldn't drink while you're working, even if you are working from home. But if you, I, if, I agree with that. If you're if you're laid off right now, or if they have temporarily suspended your position, or right. just the whole office, Furloughed, get and, you're, and, yeah. and you're just home. Yes, have at it, man. I mean, again, don't over, don't don't turn to the bottle for therapy in these tough times as we all deal with stress and anxiety, yeah. but. A little, a little recreational day drinking. If you got nothing else to do okay. that day, I'm not, I'm not coming down on that. If you guys had non radio jobs, okay. If you, if you were more office workers that were putting in kind of nine to five type jobs, right? Yes. Do you think you would be more productive working from home or less productive working from home? I'd be less productive. I think I'd be more productive. I'd be less productive personally. Just basically shut myself off. Now but, I don't have kids, so I know if people say it depends people on have kids, how it's controlled tougher. my kid is. Is there more? No, those that are, that's most of the Can I just speak and The other to one was like, quickly. do your laundry, which does pile up. We are in the midst of a very serious situation that I fully grasp. A pandemic. First of my lifetime. First, I think, since 1919, right? Spanish flu. So we are now basically in uncharted territory. We have no idea when we're going to get back to normal. We, we have no idea what normal is going to look like. We also are very concerned, and rightfully so, in staying home because the ultimate threat to this thing is death. Like, we are worried people are going to die. They're dying. All right. So you want to be giving me life advice right now on not day drinking when there's real concern about people dying? Just back off. Talk about get off my lawn. But back off. I'm staying home. I'm doing the best possible. But you can't come in in a pandemic and be like, let's be reasonable about this and here's what we're getting. We don't know. But over-drinking kills people, too. And we'll worry about that again when the pandemic is done. (laughs) 
That's my point. Quit telling us you can't. This, you know what this is? Everybody had a friend who had that one set of parents that was going to control everything, right? And you had to call them Mr. or Mrs. And they were going to be in control of everything. And eventually you caught on to the fact that they're just sort of idiots. All right. When I say pandemic... That sounds awfully specific. What, what, that is very specific when, from Judd Zolgan. When, when we are talking about a pandemic, it's time to take the rest of the rules, and I'm not saying drink and drive or something stupid like that, but it's time to take all of these rules that we ordinarily try and enforce and be good about and put them in a box for a while and worry about the pandemic. We'll get... There's only... Uh, Phil, I, I think it's your term. What? Mental processing? Bandwidth. Bandwidth. Mental bandwidth. Mental bandwidth. There's only so much that human beings have mental bandwidth wise. Mm-hmm. The pandemic and being shut in. That's a lot. Is a ton. It's using up a so, lot of CPU in your brain. Thank you. Yeah. So let's stop trying to enforce all of these norms and worry about them when we can get back to them. So I am, uh, I, I hear Team Rami on this, but I am mostly Team Judd at the beginning of this <laughs> in that it's a lot to ask people to just change their entire existence for the course of like the first month of this. Listen, if we're still doing this in like the middle of May or June, yeah. I will start to evaluate yes. whether I'm having an extra cocktail or not at night. Because yeah. it could it could never get away from you by then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? It'll be easy to dial it back, right? <laughs> like six weeks. We don't when know. We've just been drinking whenever you damn well please. You're just we don't pull know it in back six in weeks six what weeks. the world's gonna look like. That's the point. That's the whole thing. It's a pandemic. Like, it's not like, you know, I think I, I don't want to have the spritzer because the, the a cold's going around. It's a pandemic. In six weeks, we got no clue. That's my point. Yeah. What if mango white claw is part of the solution here, Rami? What if it's part of the cure? It's possible. You, you don't never know. know. You don't know until you, you uh, get coronavirus and drank a mango white claw. You never know. Let's fire up some cram session here, Jonathan. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. And thanks to our loyal listener, Marcus. You can see if you're watching the stream right now on Twitter, Facebook, or Twitch, we have the statistical spreadsheet open. On the season here, Judd Zolgad has six wins. Rami and I each have three all time on this show, going back to hi there, Marcus. Uh, he's typing in the chat box. Uh, we've got Judd with 26 all time wins going back to the beginning of last year. Rami and I both with 19. So tied this year and tied for last year are Rami and I at the bottom and Judd with a comfortable lead. The way this works is Jonathan throws out three questions and then he awards a point to the person that he feels answered the question in the best way. So let's do this. Or didn't bat soccer this week. Oh boy! Oh boy! Uh, so this is based I'll be the off people's champion. I don't care. I don't need to be your champion. I'll be the people's champion. Yeah. Okay, Dwayne. You're not the Rock. Yeah. Okay, we'll Mister. I go on. home and drink Diet Coke. <laughs> this is sort of based off of uh, Judge Evening Judd from last week, where he talked for 50 minutes about baseball cards and random stuff. What's the most random piece of sports memor- memorabilia you guys own? I not have. best, but random. I was at the the last game at the old Chicago Stadium, the last Bulls playoff game in that building. And as soon as the game is over, because it was also a hockey building, they would start getting the arena ready for hockey and tearing things down and getting it ready to lay the ice down. And when they did so, the very edge of the basketball floor was exposed, and it's not uniform. Like, it's not all cut 
in one line. Like it, you know how the boards are staggered when yeah. you look down at a basketball floor? So the ends of the floor were kind of staggered, and I was able to reach over the railing and just just break off a tiny little piece of the, the basketball court, and I still have that to this day wow. in a box somewhere. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, I actually have I have I have a top three list here that I couldn't I couldn't decide on which one was my favorite. So I'm going to give you I'm going to give you three and you can choose which okay. one you like best. Okay, Jonathan. Number three, when Glenn Perkins was an all star closer, he uh, in an ode to that that movie Glenn Gary Glenn Ross mm-hmm. with Alec Baldwin, he signed a Glenn Perkins jersey. Coffee is for closers. Glenn <laughs> Perkins. Just, <laughs> it's kind of cool. The second uh, piece of memorabilia that I'm proud of, I would say, in terms of like just being random or obscure, the Metrodome cup holders, those blue cup holders. Oh, yeah. It was a few years before the Metrodome officially shut down, but uh, let's just say I got one. <laughs> did it fall <laughs> off or did you rip it out? <laughs> you got one. Uh, there, was a l- there was a little force involved. Just but leave it at I, I got a, one. I Don't incriminate cup. yourself and just leave it at uh, I got one. I got it's one. gone now. He's fine. I remember being at the last game of the Metrodome and people leaving after it. The cops were pretty serious about you not taking anything out. It was that's because Met Stadium was a gong yeah. show after the Vikings Chiefs game in 1980. People just just what, say just I saw someone get tackled. They were climbing the scoreboard. They they <laughs> that's what what go back and watch. It's on. There, there's a coverage on uh, that, that is on YouTube of people. Basically, they've got saws and they're cutting out seats. Wait, wait first of all, they brought all of this are, like, in. Allowed to bring saws in, into a. St- I love how we've got the winter where, jackets. Like you can't I'm even. Not kidding you. So in stadiums now, you can't even take the bottle cap off of the Aquafina that you buy at the, the concession there were stand. People with saws. And, and then stuff. the '80s, it was like, oh, whatever. Just bring a chainsaw into On the YouTube, old Met stadium. There's complete right. coverage. Yes. Got my vodka bottle and my saw. What can go wrong here? It's amazing. Yeah, people throwing. Were people a throwing? Era, okay. People used you to throw bottles and stuff. You had to be there. All right. Ridiculous. More innocent time. <laughs> so the the coffee is for closers jersey, the yep. Metrodome cup holder, and then the one we talk about on this show quite frequently, which is still number one, and I used it this morning for some peanut butter toast, almond butter toast actually. Michael Beasley's toaster from, his, gotta, from his old house in Orno, Minnesota. I'm just gonna say it. That's got to be the winner, right there. I've used it three times this week already. Okay, it's glorious. Your poor late mom too, who didn't know when she cleaned it out. Yeah, she cleaned all. That's the... my favorite part of the story. Fill it, Clinton. That Beasley's crumbs. Yeah, my mom was like, "Oh, I cleaned all the crumbs out of this toaster," and I was like, "You did what? God bless moms. Those they... are Michael Beasley's crumbs. They were supposed to stay in there forever. Moms mean so well. I mean, our. It's not like he ever touched the crumbs. They just fell off the bread that he put in the toaster. Yeah, okay. There's still That's Michael enough, Beasley's dude. crumbs, right. dude. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah. My bad. All right. Okay, I've got three. Uh, one is two stadiums, which I acquired legally from Met Stadium. Two seats that I got that, that we bought. And it was actually... So the stadium was last used in 1981, I should say, because the Twins moved in and the Vikings did to the Metrodome in 82. And in 84, so they were selling off the seats. And so my mom drove me to the Met to buy them. And I remember we drove in center field and I was devastated because the stadium was overgrown and mm-hmm. a complete mess to buy the seats. But like just seeing a stadium that you loved as a kid that overrun with just weeds and stuff was awful. But I still to this day and much to Don chagrin still have uh, two seats in the garage from the Met, and those suckers are indestructible. They are the greatest seats of all time. You could you could have a nuclear war, and those seats <laughs> would not be blown up. 
Uh, my, my second thing was after the Twins played the Royals in the last baseball game at Met Stadium, which was not the last game of all time there, because that was the Chiefs and Vikings that winter. But people, of course, stormed the field. And I got in a jar still a small piece of the on-deck circle, warning track dirt, and I think pitching mound dirt. Nice. And then my last thing is a, and it, I just found this today on Google, if you look it up, 1972 Twins Media Guide, in which Twins owner Calvin Griffith, in trying to suck up to the local media, has all the pictures of, like, the beat writers, the columnists, <laughs> the TV people, and there is a picture of, I kid you not, a young Patrick Royce in which it is a it looks like flounder from Animal House. <laughs> Royce, look, look it up right now. Go to Google 1972. Type just type in 1972 Minnesota Twins Media Guide. And he is in the bottom half. There is a picture of Patrick. Oh, there we go. And he's Flounder. It is a dead ringer for Flounder. Well, let me find this. See if I can. Oh, these images are really small. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's like, that's the classiest I've ever seen Pat. <laughs> well, because yeah, it's the a tie character. And the, but, look at the, but look at the hair. The young, Slick Rick. The young Royce hair. Looking good. So those are my three favorite things right. that are random. Judge Jonathan. I'm going to say Judd's going to win here for the two seats from that stadium. I still want seats from the Metrodome because it's obviously the first stadium that I grew up with. Despite it being a terrible stadium, I still want seats from they it. They sold them, right? Yeah, they sold them. I was on the yeah. list, but never Actually, got they had one. The trough the, is what I wanted. That's what I was just going to bring up. That's so what we should have gotten. They were selling right. everything. We should have gotten I don't think I've ever told this story. So they, they, they had an auction site. Yeah. After the Metrodome closed, they had an auction site. Just a bunch of buy-it-now purchase options yep. for seats, for... Other memorabilia and for sections of the bathroom troughs, mm-hmm. you could buy a section of the <laughs> no, metal bathroom you. trough for three hundred dollars. <laughs> so I, we I went all the way through. Like I went, I clicked on the buy it now, and I went all the way through, and I entered my credit card. And as I was about to click, yes, you know, finalize the purchase. You were going to buy part of the trough. I chickened out. I was like, I don't Why? know, what, like, what am what? I going to do with this? Why'd you chicken out? I just didn't. I, I didn't know how to. Ju- for, well, I guess first and foremost, I didn't know how to justify it to my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. That could be a problem. Hey, we got this new addition to the apartment. That could be a problem. It? Uh, it's a trout. Of the trout. You like that? Did you guys see what you like that tweeted in? It says my dad's friend took a urinal from Met Stadium and installed it at his bar. <laughs> That's amazing. How yes. do you take a urinal? How Ronnie, do you steal Ronnie, a urinal? Force. I'm not joking. People were bringing in equipment with which to take stuff out, and the cops. We're basically like, go ahead. What kind but of dude, equipment can you do? You need to take a urinal you off could a, a wall. on that day, man. They didn't care. Also worth noting, okay. And this is what I wondered about the like the Metrodome troughs. I don't know how many times you'd have to scrub that thing down for exactly. me to feel fully comfortable doing anything with it, right? And that's that's with a bunch of scrub downs and this thing being put on an auction site. If you went to that Chiefs Vikings game in the early 1980s and you pulled a urinal off of the bathroom wall, yep, it's not clean. It is not clean. At all. Okay, here's here's my thought. The trough, if you had a house, backyard, plant stuff in the trough. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, fair. That's a little, good. little landscaping. Yeah. Oh, you, flowers? Flower bed? They look, look very nice. Rami, thoughts? Flower bed in the trough? I'm just staying away from the trough, man. <laughs> Oh, nothing to You've do with seen that video, Rami, where Cubs fans are. That one Cubs fan does like that the was slip actually, and slide. That was, they said that was Cubs fans because I believe it was a Brewers fan who posted it. That was actually taken at the Daytona 500. Oh, okay. And uh, mislabeled. To that makes a lot more sense. Leave it, it to Rami. Leave it to Rami to find out exactly what so we could distance Cubs fans from it. 
work. All right, we got about five minutes left here, so we got to fly. Go ahead. All right, you're Question getting two. quarantined for two weeks, but you get to choose one current Minnesota athlete to be quarantined with. Who are you choosing and why? I'll go first. Newcomer, because I thought, are there real characters in the wild? Absolutely not. The twins, not really characters. Sergio so, Romo would be kind of like, fun. Yes, he would be. But you know who I picked? Newcomer, Timberwolf, Malik Beasley. Because here's why. People are dying here. Like, this is not good, right? Malik Beasley is the guy that got to town and said, we are a great basketball team. This is an incredible basketball team. Yeah, we got blown out, but we were so close. Malik Beasley, until you drop dead, is going to tell you that everything is fine. So I'm going Malik Beasley because you know what? Right now, what I don't need is doom and gloom. I've got enough personal doom and gloom. So when people are sick, he'll, he'll be like, that, that's just 100,000 people. That's not, you know, I mean, there's a lot more people than that. I'm going Malik Beasley. Mr. Positive. All right, I'm I'm very particular about my roommates. In fact, my wife is the only roommate that I have had since like 2007. And I just like I was an only child. It's it's not that I don't know. I I just I'm very particular about you got roommates, issues. okay? You got yeah. it. It's, it's it's mostly me. It's <laughs> right. not them. And so therefore, I need an isolationist. I need somebody who also doesn't want to be around people so we can just give each other space. <laughs> Brock Lesnar would be my choice to be quarantined. <laughs> and if you get in a fight? We wouldn't. No, but, no, you'd no, be in the middle of if nowhere. If someone else tried to oh. pick a fight with your room, I, you're, I'm good. You're, you're yeah. good. I think, it, I think it'd be Delvin Cook for me. Just seems chill and laid back. He likes to cook and make a good meal. We could we could collaborate in the kitchen and make some make some good things happen. I think Dalvin Cook is the dude. I think that's who I want to hang with. I think I'm agreeing with Phil here. I need an isolation. Yeah. Someone to leave me the hell alone. <laughs> Give me Brock Lesnar. All right. All right. Finally, uh, what's the most impressive individual athletic performance you guys have seen? You, you guys talked about Phil Adrian person? Peterson's uh, record breaking game this morning. So in person or just anywhere? Anywhere. Because in person, for me, it's pretty easy. It's the Tuffy Rhodes four-home run game on opening day of whatever year that was before we never heard was from it? Tuffy Rhodes again. I think it was three, wasn't it? Was it three? Yeah, I think you're right. I and think it, it was That game re-aired on MLB Network, I think, last Thursday. Because <laughs> it was against the Mets in 1994. I'm pretty sure they, ra- they re-racked that game on MLB Network. But just the, the most impressive that I've ever seen, period? Oh, that's... That's hard to narrow down, man. I'm sure it was something Michael Jordan did, but I don't I don't know exactly. I don't even know if I can if I can pinpoint it to one particular thing, but it's got to be something Michael Jordan did in my lifetime. I'll give you two, all right? Number 1, I once witnessed a friend in college pull Edward 40 hands. You guys ever play Edward 40 hands? Oh, yeah. Were you <laughs> Yes. You're supposed to tape a 40 with duct tape to your hand, and you can't take it off or go to the bathroom until it's gone. I once saw a friend tape three Colt 45s, two to one hand and one to another, and polished all of them off before going to the bathroom. Damn impressive. Right? But the but the main one, I used to call amateur baseball play-by-play at KRWC 1360 in Buffalo, Minnesota in 2004 and 2005. It was my first time just out of high school, like, you know, they just needed literally anyone who had watched a baseball game before to call their baseball games. And I watched an amateur game between Delano and I think it was Maple Lake. And the Delano pitcher, mm-hmm. and we've emailed since then, Like he, he listens to the station. His name is Jeff Jansen. And I would keep track of pitch counts. This game went 17 innings. Jeff Jansen pitched all 17 innings for Delano. 193 pitches in a winning Did you tell effort. Tommy John yet? I don't... 
I don't think there they is anything right left to the hospital to, for Tommy John. Is, it had, his, his UCL wow. had just dissolved after the game was over. So wow. uh, watching a guy throw 193 pitches in a game is number one on my list. Judd? I covered mine December 22nd, 2003. Brett Favre, the night after his dad died, against the Raiders in Oakland. 22 of 30, 399 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Packers win 41 to 7. Um, it is the greatest performance I've seen that you just show up and have no expectations. And it's the one thing that I still get chills thinking about because it was such an off the charts great performance by a great quarterback in a circumstance where he easily could have gone home and he didn't. So, Brett Favre for me. Yeah, I agree with Judd there. Brett Favre at the game that just that died is still the most impressive performance. I've seen him gone back and watched, and man, Edward forty hands with three Colt forty fives. That's it's a close second. Yeah, that sounds but dangerous. Far, is what that sounds. Athlete challenge, Rami. If you want to go away <laughs> from your no try, drinking policy, didn't we policy. try this once with with uh, Pop or something, Phil? Did we? I thought we we had. I think a, we have to now. I thought we had a challenge back on the old show, like State a lost fair, football maybe? bet or something. State fair, maybe. I thought we talked. We talked exactly. about trying it. What was the challenge? To tape these things to your hands. We could, we could tape a couple two liters of diet. Actually, Diet Dr. Pepper with collar would be hilarious. Could we tape a couple two liters, one to each hand? <laughs> that might become his lifestyle after that. <laughs> he might he, he might like it. He might be like, okay, he cool. He might like it. <laughs> so Judd picks up the win <laughs> in cram session today. <laughs> Judd with, uh, with 27 victories all time in cram session today. So Did you guys see the thing, speaking of extreme amounts of, of soda, that was making the rounds yesterday, the, the McDonald's challenge that somebody threw out there? Yeah, four quarter pounders, two large fries, two chicken nuggets, nuggets the, and the, four large Cokes in 90 minutes. The four large Cokes would be the thing that's the put, that puts it over the top for me. Fat like Rami could take that. Oh, back in my day. I would, could you? No problem. You crushed that? No, I laugh at that challenge when I was three. Wow. Ago. All right, go to laugh McDonald's. It. It's our quarantine happy hour tonight <laughs> on Scorner Twitter, Facebook, Woo! and Twitch. As always, Cram Session is powered by Josh Arnold Investments. That's the show today. You can find us, Mackie and Joe with Rami, on Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app. And now it's time to talk to Mr. Money Talk. As Phil just said, Josh, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. You can get that straight talk by calling Josh Arnold direct, 952-925-5608, or you can listen to Josh Arnold right now with the Market Minute. Hi, Josh. <laughs> Judd, you're, you guys just kind of let me segue in talking about McDonald's and Coca-Cola and how they are, to me, accidental high yielders. And these are two of several companies that I have talked about for decades as being better than investing in bonds. And there are many people who want to put money into bonds because of the guarantee and the purported safety. But with yields today, well under 1%, the 10-year Treasury today is yielding 0.66%. So that's a lot under 1%. Yet McDonald's and Coca-Cola are yielding well in excess of 3%. Both stocks are selling at significant discounts to where they were three years ago. Their businesses are still strong, though Coca-Cola did say that they would be affected by this coronavirus. I guess people aren't going to be going out as much and buying fountain drinks 
But my guess is they're going to be hitting the supermarket, the grocery stores or the bodegas, and still buying a lot of Coca-Cola products. Likewise, with restaurant sales way down, takeout sales are up, and that definitely is going to be a uh, benefit to McDonald's. So you can have all the food <laughs> food food challenges you want, but Coke and McDonald's uh, should be considered uh, as some anchors right now to your portfolio, particularly given this very volatile time. And speaking of volatility, the market did start up today, that being the Dow Jones, started up 78 points, but as news came out about increased coronavirus cases in New York, plus Goldman Sachs saying the economy was headed to plunge in the second quarter, but would rebound in the third quarter very strongly. Consumer sentiment numbers uh, dropped, and uh, banks continued to sell off on both declining interest rates and worries about their earnings uh, going forward. Uh, the market uh, took a header. It was the end of the first quarter, and the Dow finished down 410 points. Uh, the next two weeks, at least according to the President of the United States, are going to be a little bit more volatile as more coronavirus cases are going to be hitting, particularly in New York. And since New York is the, or considers itself the center of the news world, uh, that those numbers uh, might be tended to be extrapolated uh, to the rest of the rest of the country. Uh, so do be prepared for more market volatility over the next two weeks, especially mm-hmm. cons- uh, with the virus. There are some things that I would consider not investing in, and I don't consider to be bargains, even though they, these stocks have sold, sold off, including investing in banks. Don't invest in energy, but I would be focused instead on investing in companies that benefit from the stay-at-home uh, trend, which will only accelerate. These could include companies like Verizon, generates a very nice yield, uh, to some extent AT&T, maybe, and I'll say maybe a little bit of Comcast because of the its Internet. I would look at some of the cell phone tower companies like Crown Castle or American Tower, not to mention... Uh, favorites, Apple and Amazon, and even a little company called Akamai, which powers seconds, the Josh. internet. There you go. Talk to you If you need more information, give me a call, 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.